we're on, bro. Um, would you ask me? You asked me. What made you decide to start a podcast? Do the studio. Yeah. Do the studio. Get this going. So I, okay. So I was walking to, um, I was walking to the just like the gym one day, or to pick up Andy from school, my daughter, okay. and I was like, man, I wish I could do interviews like in a studio, and she or uh, and I thought to myself, why is there not a place that just rents out a studio? So a studio, and then you just rent it for like. 200 bucks a month mm -hmm. to people and you do like two to four podcasts per month. It's just rented. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, it was kind of on my radar after that. I was like, this is a crazy business model. I looked in New York, I looked at LA and I looked at all these places and they have it. But Lisbon is kind of, I think, catching up. Yeah. And so they don't have it. So I thought to myself, that's a really good idea. <laughs> and it was on my radar then. And I came here uh, to see the co-working space, the coffee shop, because I live 30. I've lived here for like 10 months, 30 okay. seconds away. And I've never come never to the coffee come, shop. Yeah. Yeah. That's so so I yeah. So I finally discovered it. And literally like three days before I came here, he had opened the co-working space. Mm. Tiago is the Perfect. owner. Yeah. So I came back here, and this room was like a mess. He wasn't using it. Uh -huh. I just said, dude, so what if... So this was just all... Every oh. one of the rooms, or was it just this specific room? No, so this room was like... Was his storage. Yeah. <laughs> like, just all... It, Smart as his, and open it up for this. It's oh, like, let's yeah. Let's make some... Bring some income So in. he was showing me the other rooms, which there's desks and stuff for co-working and coffee and all that. And then he... I was like, what's in there? And so he's like, oh, it's just... It's going to be desks and stuff, but there's nothing in here right now. And I just said, what if I made it into a podcast studio, rented the whole room from you? And he said, all right, Perfect. let's go. Love it. So, yeah, man, it took, it was tough. Yeah. It was tough. Getting this, all the stuff out and getting yeah, all the just, stuff. Yeah, just, well, there's the cost of it. Like, there's probably like 8K into this room, just in, in equipment. Mm -hmm. Like, this thing is like 700 bucks. Okay. And then, you know, the microphones are expensive and the cameras are like 1500 a piece with the lenses. It's mm -hmm. ridiculous. So, you have doing to do it right though. You want to do it, do it right. Dude, that's that was my thought. Yeah. Is do it right. And then the but the worst part by far was the foam. Yeah? Why is Bro, that? Bro. Just getting it out there. Have you like I did not expect this. When I was thinking about what would be hard about the studio, I'm I know nothing about production uh -huh. or technical stuff. I'm terrible. So I thought I don't know how to balance the audio. I don't know how to, with the settings on the camera, I don't know all that stuff. Yeah. And so I thought that would be the worst because but sticking it the so foam technical. on the wall but is But it worse. was the foam, bro. <laughs> the thing that seems the simplest, sticking the foam on the wall. Getting something to stick to the foam. Everything sticks to the wall. Uh -huh. Nothing sticks really? to it. Really? It's impervious. It didn't even come with anything? No. I know so, I had foam for, for one of my rooms and it came with double-sided tape and it was worked perfect. It had stuff. Yeah. So I saw. So we have this curse living in Portugal, which it's amazing. But there's this problem of if you order through normal Amazon.com, uh, it has to go through customs, and there's all these other costs. So we always order from Amazon Spain, okay. and the selection is super limited mm -hmm. on foam, yeah. <laughs> foam specifically yeah. on specifically foam. on foam. <laughs> so and I couldn't find any self adhesive foam. On Amazon Spain. Okay. So it was a curse. But you got it set up. You know great. what I did? I glued it with hot glue. Did you? So take it off. <laughs> Whenever the you're leaving somewhere. the studio. Yeah. <laughs> dude, the gun's somewhere over there. But That's so funny. You have yeah, to do dude. some painting once you leave. Bro. Oh, let me get here. You want some coffee? Yeah. This is for sure. This is good coffee. How about coffee? What a great name for this place, too. Yeah, man. 
Tiago is a good coffee shop too. It's like a proper, I think Americans can enjoy this coffee. I mean, there's a lot of great coffee in Portugal, but this in particular is it's very re good. Really good. I'm not a huge coffee drinker okay. at all. Oh, really? Like very barely ever drink coffee. Really? When is I that intentional? It. Yeah. I just, caffeine and stuff, like I just never, even with alcohol, like I'm very okay. limited with everything. And like I am my own stimulant and, and mm -hmm. do that for myself versus relying on caffeine. And then when I do rely on caffeine every once in a while, like when I was in Bali, I was drinking those like espresso shots, double shot espressos. When I got done, I had such a headache. I'd like get such a caffeine headache when I stopped drinking caffeine. Oh, so man. once I noticed that, I'm like, I do not, if I'm getting a headache when I stop, being on it can't be that good. So let Bro. me wean off of it. Yeah, that's, I definitely have experienced the caffeine headaches. I've been doing it since I was like 12, though. Yeah. Yeah. I um, went on a coffee drinking when I was living in New York at one point. I drank coffee for probably a year. And then I went to Bali from there. And then once I left Bali, that next day, just one day of not drinking coffee, I had such a headache. I'm like, all right. Then I tried drinking so coffee you took again. a day off. Took a day off, and I had such a headache. Then I did it again, drank coffee for like two weeks, took a day off, and I'm like, I have such a headache again. I'm not doing it. So you're saying the coffee headache from like not having not it. Not having it, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So I I'm like, that. if I have a headache from not having it, oh, yeah. can't be great at having it. It's no, doing something sure. to me. Oh, yeah. It's it's a drug. Yeah. I mean, it's literally a drug. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. That's why you get a headache. Caffeine, exactly. And it's, I'm, I mean, I, there's a lot of days... I drink it because I like it, but there's a lot of days I also drink it because mm -hmm. I don't want a headache. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so let I me know. avoid the headache, so let me drink it. <laughs> I do it every morning partly because I know I have to. Like, yeah. I know I'm an addict, Yeah. so I have to You're drink You're an it. addict. Yeah. I'm glad you're admitting it. That's the first step. Oh, yeah. That's the first step to change, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. I like every once in a while, though. Like, this, okay. I won't get a headache from having this amount. Okay. What about alcohol? Very limited. I didn't drink alcohol for um, five to six years. Freshman year of college joined a frat partied crazy mm -hmm. sophomore year stopped drinking i lived in a frat house still completely stopped drinking i then dropped out after my sophomore year the fr first time i drank again was 20 27 years old so six years later six and a half years later wow yeah no caffeine at all or no alcohol. and now you do a little i'll drink every once in a while I drank, like, my sister's wedding. They had it in Mexico on an island, so I drank for a few days straight there. Then the next time I drank was probably six months later. And then I've had a couple of drinks here and there when I was in Greece and here. I'm not as strict, but mm. I definitely, I don't drink during the week at all or anything. Dude, so I I love to drink, but I, I don't do it that often anymore. Uh, by not that often, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, like, once a week, yeah. <laughs> probably. But it's not heavy. I... I hate hangovers. Uh -huh. I really hate it. And I get them bad too. Yeah. I'll drink like four glasses of wine for like shit the next day. Okay. Like I don't. Yeah. So I get it easily, which is probably good because I do enjoy it. Yeah. But I listen to, so we, I was drinking a lot more because it was like, I'm in Europe. I'm having fun. Portuguese wine is amazing. I don't know if you've tried Portuguese wine, no. but it's like really good, which okay. is funny because you wouldn't think that. Yeah. But I, then I listened to Andrew Huberman's podcast on alcohol. Okay. Have you listened to that? No. Oh, you'd like I've it. I've listened if to a lot of like stuff in the past, but like I haven't it. listened to that podcast, no. Man, he, he, it ruins alcohol. It, like, just like caffeine, but completely different. Like, if you're, if you drink too much and you start slurring your speech and you can't see, like, it's poisoning you. It's literally poison going into your it's, body. It's literally a poison. Yeah. Alcohol, we know that. Yeah. Like, caffeine, maybe it's on the fence, but alcohol, we know it's poison. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But man, it, why does it feel so good then? I don't know. I don't know. All the bad things feel so good. <laughs> it's so true. And That's I went life. going probably the first three years after I dropped out of college, I was like very strict with it. And then 
up until six years, I was extremely strict with six and a half years. Then I kind of like opened up a bit and I'm like, let me not put myself in a box. Like every once in a while I can have a glass of wine to enjoy it if I want to. Instead of boxing myself in feeling like I can't being stressed out because I'm not drinking alcohol. And I did that with food too. Like I was at one point I was gluten-free, sugar-free, vegan, like insane. For eight months I did that specific routine and it I was trying to make myself feel better and be a high performer, but it didn't at all. And mentally it gets so stressful when you're so strict with everything. So what did you eat? If you had like had what was lentils, like your normal okay. lentils, um, <laughs> beans, <laughs> beans, what a protein shakes, pea protein shakes. It wasn't good. And I lost like 10 pounds, but I was just so stuck, stubborn and stuck to it. 10 pounds of muscle. I'm like, let me just keep doing it. 10 pounds of muscle yeah. over a month, a couple months. months, eight, eight months. months. Yeah. Oh my God. You yeah. did that for eight months. Eight months. That's I get, that's... I used to get very strict. If I thought something was going to work, I would get very strict with it and go all in. And even if it didn't, I'm like, I have discipline. Let me just keep doing it. Okay. That's probably served you though. It has. That mindset. hundred percent. Yeah. Just doing it in the right, the right things and knowing when to stop as well is extremely important. Yeah. Yeah, knowing when to stop is also super important. Um, and the mobile home investing, I'm sure that's served you. That yeah. mindset of just like Going, 100% yeah. focus. With business, it's 100% served me. Mm. Having that discipline, being able to be consistent, because that's the biggest gap with most people yeah. in business. You're not consistent, so, you don't have discipline. So if something seems good, you get started on it, and then what happens? Something else seems good, so you get started on oh, that. Dude. Something else seems good. It's like discipline. Figure out that one thing and go all in on it. Spend X amount of time doing it. If it doesn't work yeah. after... 180 days and 90 days, 180 days. Yeah. Trying something new, but there's, you're so right, dude. There's so many people that think like you can do something for even a month and that it, if it doesn't work after a month, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. I'm like a month is nothing. Yeah. You can't, you can't accomplish anything no. in a month. There's just, even if you're working 24 hour days, you can't. it's not enough. Even if and people who are working 24 hour days are not like, yes, like you can be, but days, people aren't even working at all. Like, they're scrolling on social media, doing yeah. that. It's just, there's just so much in this world, so much opportunity, so many things that you can do, so many distractions that it's so easy not to succeed. It's so easy. It's so easy not to well, succeed. And, and, and in the U.S., you have, uh, it's so easy to be okay. Like, it's so easy to get by mm-hmm. financially if you just get, like, a W-2 job. W, is W-9 or W-2? W-2. W-2. I haven't done yeah. it for so long. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> um, if you do a W-2 job and you, like, make 20 bucks, 30 bucks an hour and you just kind of coast, mm-hmm. it's so much easier mm-hmm. to do that. And I have a lot of friends that do that mm-hmm. than it is to actually, like, risk your and it's easy when you don't know what else is out there. And that's the yeah. thing. People don't know what else is out there. But as soon as you start to experience that, like I was just in Monaco last month, like two months ago. The wealth in Monaco is insane. Super yachts everywhere. Jeff Bezos was there when I was there. Grant Cardone was there. Like super, so cool. super yachts everywhere. Mega yachts and just the wealth. The cars that are driving by. I think it's, it's have you ever been to Monaco? No. Very small. Um, but it's like one of the wealthiest countries. There's no taxes. And all the people from like Dubai, France, that's they right. all go there. It's... Wow. The amount of wealth is insane. And once you see that, and even just traveling, like you're mm. like, there's so much more out here that I can have, that I can that I can be. I feel like most people, when they go on their one-week vacations, you're like, I want to do this forever. But then they the dream starts to subside a bit, and they go back to their job, and they forget about it. But there's so much, so much that you can have in this world. And if you're not open to that, and you don't understand what's out there, and you're not having the experiences, then it's so easy to stay content, like you were saying. It's so easy. We... I grew up in a small town in Oregon, so I was telling you I lived in Oregon. Mm-hmm. 
and like where'd you where did you grow up by the way? New Jersey. New Jersey, like yeah. big big city. No, not big city suburbs. Okay. About okay. forty uh, forty five minutes from New York City though. So okay, so you had access to like mm-hmm. a big. So I grew up in Klamath Falls, Oregon, which is like thirty thousand people, okay. and the closest city is like double that size or something, mm. and it's an hour and a half away. Okay. So small town, super Republican, and we just went to Disneyland for every vacation. So mm-hmm. we never, I never went outside the U.S. <clears throat> until I was married, uh, and we and we went on a cruise to Mexico. You know, so that I don't even know if you can count that. <laughs> uh, and so. When we traveled, our first big trip outside of the U.S. was to Australia, and which is crazy. And we did it when Andy, my daughter, was one year old, which, wow. like, dude, it was like twenty-two hour travel time. Oh well, yeah, it's it insane. Crazy. And I was going to Bali, and that's further than Bali. I, yeah, it felt like we died and came back to life. It was a wild experience. And because you know, Andy's just crying. She's like sure on my wife yeah, the whole insane. time. Oh, it's brutal. And so we did that, but dude, it was legit life-changing because which is so funny like australia is not even like a crazy place to go but for us it was eye-opening because living in the u.s small town which this is a lot of people i think it's really easy to just start to think that that's all there is Mm -hmm. in the world and you just in your little nook Mm -hmm. and then you go outside and you're like whoa Mm -hmm. there's like other cultures other people and that just made us addicted to traveling yeah yeah and that's the thing with like our parents generation like the generations before they like at least our generations and moving forward like they can see on social media like what's actually out there the past generations they knew but they didn't know what they could have these generations are understanding more and that's why there's so much more i feel so much more online businesses and people trying to be entrepreneurs because like i want this lifestyle but coming back it's like do you have the discipline to create that lifestyle for yourself yeah and that and that's the other side of this right like it's it's so easy to be comfortable and to you know make ends meet and just get by but it's also easier than ever before to do something interesting mm-hmm. because you have the internet and mm-hmm. planes and these things that generations before, mm-hmm. they couldn't just drop everything and go to Bali. Mm-hmm. You, We can. Yeah. Like, we can get on a plane and just go. Yeah. And there's a lot of power in that. And obviously, online world gives people access to the creator economy, which is, is huge right now. So there's so much opportunity. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, even mobile home investing, I don't know anything about that. So I'm excited to talk. Most people don't. I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah. But is that, would you say that's also easier than it was? I mean, it's got to be, because it's impacted by technology too. Like if you tried to do it 50 years ago, I bet it'd be way harder. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if it was a thing. I mean, it had to be, right? It, it was a thing, but even now yeah. it's very, it's so unknown because there's a huge stigma around mobile homes, which is great. I love it. Obviously, then now what I'm doing is I'm, now helping people learn so i'm talking about it on social media and stuff so i'm bringing the light to it but it's there's such a huge stigma around mobile homes mobile home investing i got into it in 2017 and no one was doing it at all because of the in 2017 2017 just wasn't a thing when you hear mobile homes what do you think of like when mobile home parks oh like drug addicts drug addicts trailer trash cops and that's what everyone thinks like why would i do anything with mobile homes why would i get into that industry and that was my thought process too at first Mm. but my the way I got into it is I had a mentor, someone who I got connected with to do a different project. I then went to an event. I met him. I was sitting between him. He was on my left-hand side and the guy who owns the rights to think and grow rich for America, Canada, and like somewhere else. He was on my on my left-hand side or right-hand side. Crazy. And um, the guy on my left, he was on a phone call and he got off the phone call and he's like, I'm 
just talking to a broker and I'm selling my mobile home parks for $168 million. And I was like, huh, you're like, okay, that sounds pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that sounds interesting. So then I started talking to him and he kind of showed me the way to get into this industry. Wow. Yeah. So what were you doing before? A lot of mindset coaching. So okay. I started, I dropped out of college after my sophomore year, started an auto detailing business. Okay. That didn't work out too well. I then moved into transition into fitness. I was doing in You're in a fit person, guy. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, you are. I was doing in-person personal training. Okay. And then I moved to online personal training. I was doing that. And then I started learning about mindset and I started talking about it more and more, just the power of the mind and mm. manifesting things and different things of that sort. And I would go on my Facebook where I was doing all my fitness stuff and I was talking about mindset and I was like saying like, I'm going to manifest this. Like Ty Lopez, he flew me out to speak on stage at his events. No and, way. Like, yeah. And, oh, I, that's and wild, I said that dude. that was going to happen. I'm like, Ty Lopez is going to fly me out. And then it, just through the law of attraction, that's something that I was talking about a lot then, allowed that to happen. And then people were asking me, how was I, how was I making that happen? How was I doing mm. these things? So I'm like, let me create a course around this. Like, this is fun for me. I love learning this. Let me create mm. some programs around it. And then just naturally... What triggered that, that uh, interest or, because you, what you remind me of is Napoleon Hill. Yeah, mm -hmm. you said Think and Grow Rich, Think right? Rich, that is yeah. Napoleon Hill. Um, you reminded me of that. So did you read that book? And then that was, the, was that the trigger? Because so, that's basically the book, right? Yeah, is, so I read that book a lot. Um, that wasn't book. the trigger. The trigger was I went to a, an event for fitness and someone was there talking about mindset. She had us go through this example. We were writing down our our dream home and like what it looks like. And I was just really starting to take it in. I'm like, wow, this sounds pretty powerful. The next day I then was like, I'm just going to drive. I'm just going to get in my car and drive, just be in flow and drive and see where it takes me. And it took me in front of, and actually this is when I was recording all my stuff on Facebook. I actually posted a video on Facebook. I pulled up and I was, I looked at to the, my left and there was that dream home that I've written down to the T was right there. Yeah. And I'm like, that's weird. Like, how did this happen? Whoa. I wrote it down and this house that I'd never seen before is here. So it just got me interested in it and just started diving deeper like, and deeper into if, it. Yeah, dude, it's uh, it's the same thing with the studio, really, because it was probably three weeks before. And I and I thought I, it was a very similar thing, actually. I thought to myself, I'm going to, like, keep my eye open mm -hmm. and I'm going to pay attention to the opportunities. Mm -hmm. And then there was this room. I was like, yeah, this is it. Here. And I went for That's it. And it, it felt it, it felt like what it felt like to me. And I'm sure you've experienced this is like. I need to do it now. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if this will come again. Mm -hmm. And I need to just, like, maybe there's some nerves. Maybe I don't feel ready. I need to just bite the bullet because it's here. Yeah. And sometimes the opportunity doesn't, or it, it might come around again, but it might be a long time. Yeah, for sure. It might be a long time. Yeah. And it's like, you know, when you buy a new car, like a Ford Mustang or something I had for a while, and then all of a sudden everyone else has a Ford Mustang. It's, it's kind of like that. System, They've yeah. always been there. Yeah. It's just that you're paying attention now. Yeah, that's what you're focused on. And that's the huge thing about goals. It's like if majority of your thoughts are going towards negative stuff, you're just going to see the negative stuff. But yeah. if your thoughts start to go towards goals that you have now, now you're going to see all these opportunities to achieve your goals. Yep. It's like, wow, this was here, this was here, this was here. Yep. Even the mobile home investing. Like I knew I wanted to get into real estate and I knew I didn't want to go the normal path of real estate. Okay. That was like I'm... Like, I know that this is what I desire to do. And then all of a sudden, the guy sitting to the left of me talks about his mobile home parks. I'm like, okay. Maybe this, this is, is it. it. This yeah. is the... So what'd you do? You go home, you buy a book on mobile home investing? Like, what was the next... I go home, I start... I start um, just looking it up, and there was one book. This one guy named Lonnie Scruggs wrote it like 50 years ago. Okay. Um, there's a book on mobile home investing. <laughs> like one book from yeah, there's 50 one book. years ago. Yeah. So I started learning about that then there was one guy who was talking about it, who had a podcast talking about mobile home investing so there's one person doing it okay so i started listening to his podcast and i started to really learn the steps 
within that first month, I then bought my first mobile home. I'm like, all right, let me just wow. take action. I had my mentor who's guiding me, who's still mentors me. He's is a, he a real estate mentor specifically? Uh, it's just overall. Just like I mean, he got me to yeah. rethink and grow rich and like start doing Amazing. that. He's, you still work with him? Yeah, he's 73 okay. years old. Just some older guy. No way. Like, just wanted to give back. That's and, what we all need, bro, is yeah. like a 70-year-old mentor. 70-year-old billionaire just, who just mentors you. Bro, who's just like ready to give back and, and doesn't care chill. what he says to you either. He'll tell it straight. That's it. Yeah. That's what we all need. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Um, so from that, yeah, I then went out, found my first mobile home. The way I got this deal, and this is how I get all my deals, they wanted $45,000 for it. I was not putting up $45,000 for a mobile home. Okay. I let them know the most I can do is $10,000. Okay. They said no. They got back to me a month later, called me back and said, hey, is that offer still on the table? I'm like, yes, it is. Like, let me go check it out. I went to go take a look at it. So there's some things that need to be done. So I'm like, 7,500 is the most I can do. Okay. And they're like, all right. Because they lived out of state, and you got to find motivated sellers in order to get this. Of course. Out of state. It wasn't her home. It was passed down to, to her okay. from her mom. She's been out of state for a year. She's paying lot rent every single month, so it's 650 per month. So nothing's month. happening with it? Yeah. Is it pretty there. distressed? Like, no. No, it was no, in decent shape? it was shape. in decent shape, yeah. And it's But it's costing them 650 per month, because inside the mobile home park, you have to pay lot rent every month. 650 bucks a month yeah, just a month. for the rent? Just for the, the lot. lot rent. Yeah, for the lot rent. Damn. So there, that becomes the big pain for a lot of mobile home sellers. Yep. I then went there and I turned on the water and water started shooting out from underneath it, from the pipes. And the neighbor came running over. She's like, yes, this happened last year. My yard was full of ice. Like there was water everywhere. And I'm like, oh shit, she didn't tell me about this. So I called her up and I'm like, this Five issue, and this is my first home. So my first mobile right. home I was buying. So I'm like, this is insane. Like, I don't even know if I want this. I'm like, the most I can do is $3,500, 3500 wow. And she's like, Fine, I'll do it. No <laughs> like, way. Because she just, she knew she had yeah. crap. And yeah. she and, and it was probably just like, she just wanted rid of it. She wanted to get and rid of it. And the 45K was just her trying to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it good for her. Like, why not try and yeah, get try it? Yeah, try it. Somebody's going to buy it. That's, right? the, that's, and she, that's, uh, that's democracy, baby. And she had someone Capitalism. who was potentially going to be a buyer. That's why she turned me down at first. And that buyer fell through and she's like, all right, let me just get it off my hands. I just want to be done with this yeah. shit. Yeah. Cool so thing you about bought the, it for 30. So this is your first deal. First deal, 3,500. Cool thing about the pipe thing is I had the maintenance guy come over and take a look at the pipe so he can tell me what was wrong with it after I already got the deal, title signed and everything. And he screwed something up. I gave him 20 bucks and it was good to go. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. No way. Yeah. And that was, and that got you from 75 to 3,500 20 bucks, bro. Yep, 20 bucks. Wow. 20 bucks. And that was, then I started to understand, like, there is a, there are sellers who are extremely motivated to sell their mobile homes. And like, I need to find those sellers and I can get it for this price point. Letting them know, like, I'm not pushing them to sell it to me, but just letting them know, like, here, this is what I can buy it for. If you're interested, here I am. I'll tell you what's wrong with it. Tell you what needs to be done. So for that one specifically, I was all in $6,000. I bought it for $3,500. We did some work to it. $6,000 all in. Wow. six k six k Dude, that's something anyone in the middle class of America can do. six k This is the beauty of this business model. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. So, what, so yeah, walk me through the rest. So then I sold this one on seller financing. So okay. I knew that I wanted to start to create passive income through mm -hmm. real estate and like truly passive income. I didn't want just like rent where I'm a landlord. I wanted to okay. become the bank. And so what I did with this deal is I sold it on seller financing, which means I am just the, the lien holder on the title, just like a car. Mm -hmm. Mobile homes are considered cars. So a lien holder on the title, they put down a down payment of $7,000. So I'm already in the green $1,000. Wow. I sold it for $52,000. They paid me 650 
$2 per month for the next 72 months. So total cost was 52K. They pay you, right? 7K up 7K front K is a down payment. And then you said 650 per month. 652 per month. Was there quote unquote was, mortgage? That was, yeah, that was Essentially? their mortgage. Yeah, okay. 100%. Um, I think it was for about 72 months, whatever equals out to 52,000. What are your, do you have holding costs? Like no, rent or nothing. anything? I'm done. Wow. I'm done. They pay their lot rent What about? Oh, separately, they pay lot rent. And they pay me oh. separately. So, wow. yeah, so their total is that, was, is that normal? Like that the tenant pays lot rent and yeah. So they're the wow. tenant buyer. Most mobile, most mobile home parks that I work oh, in anyway, they bought it. They bought it. Yeah. Oh, so they're owners dude, now. Dude, that makes sense. And that's another thing with this industry is people are I like, I need to invest in mobile homes. Yeah, you do. Oh my God. People are like, I don't want, I don't want to get tenants, mobile home park tenants. They're not going to pay my, pay me. They're going to default on payments. Okay. Like Cause you have this stereotype drug addict. Exactly. Poor. I'm like, you got to find the right parks. Parks okay. that I work in, we're looking for a 600 plus credit score. I collect a down payment of $7,000 plus, like a sizable down payment. I like to cover my all-in costs on the down payment. So they're now invested into it. They're not, they're, they have a buyer's mentality, not a renter's mentality. A renter puts That's a totally down a deposit. different thing. Because yeah. if you put down 7K, you're, like you're, not, you're not some dude who's doing meth on the weekends. Exactly. Like you, probably have, you probably are like taking it seriously. And we check them out to make sure that of their course. jobs and everything, their past landlord history... And this is like their home. Like this is the yep. biggest thing that people who are moving to mobile home parks, they no longer want to live in apartments because of the noise and they're too small. Maybe they have okay. families. They don't want to live in apartments any longer. They can't afford a house. So they go, let me move to a mobile home. And there's a lot of like, I can even think of personal friends who are really good people and really loyal and really trustworthy who fall into that category mm-hmm. for sure. Who like, like I have a buddy who's like 30 and lives with his, I think he still lives with his parents, but he could probably afford, I'm going to mention this to him actually, yeah. he's like, you should, because he's always, I can't afford a house. Yeah. I'm going to be like, dude, buy a mobile home. Yeah. Because he wants to move in with his girlfriend. Buy a mobile home, move in together. And there's a stigma around it. Total but stigma. What I what I found over these last, probably this past year, people who are have great jobs, people who have nice cars, people, like they're now moving to these mobile home parks. One home I just sold last month, someone sold their house, they didn't want it a mobile home, so they purchased the mobile home. Wow. Yeah. What's that about? Like, so are there like luxury mobile home parks? Now? The parks there are luxury mobile home parks, um, usually along the coastlines. The ones that I okay. work in, they're not luxury, but they just like the one that I just sold. I sold it for one hundred twenty-seven thousand. So this one, I'll tell you yeah, yeah. that deal real quick. Yeah. Bought it for twelve k. They wanted forty-five k. Forty-five. I bought it for twelve k. Okay. <laughs> I bought it for twelve k. I put in. And I, you, I went there, took a look at it, bought it the next day. It's very fast. It's not like a house transaction. It's a car title. You literally, they hand you a title. You go to the DMV. Wow. Bought it that next day. Got the work, got the work started in it the next day after that. Um, within 28 days, we had the work complete. I was all in $35,000 was my total cost at this point in time. I put okay. more money into this one because okay. I knew it had more potential. Because it was, yeah, a good property. I put it on the market for 135000 I then ended up selling it for 127,000. Bro. 88 days in total it took me to do that deal. Really? Yeah. How long was it listed? Um f- like 60 days. 60 days? Yeah. Wow. So in so that's 110 dollars in 2 months essentially. So yeah, so my net profits was $88,900. Okay. Yeah. Wow, after like closing costs and everything. Yeah. Is there closing costs? No cost closing costs. No after closing just costs. all the costs in total from like the, I think yeah, it was, yeah, there's always stuff. Yeah, right? I think I was like I was thirty five thousand one hundred dollars, I believe, all in from 
getting my workers out there, supplies, utilities, everything of that Dude, sort. Dude, this is wild. Yeah. What's so cool about this is I actually just had a real estate investor on for my first. Oh, awesome. Yeah, which is funny. So now. Uh, become a real estate podcast. Yeah, I'm getting, <laughs> dude, it's becoming that, bro. And what's so cool about this is that real estate investing, you're dealing with homes. So obviously a lot more expensive. Mm-hmm. But mobile homes, I mean, like $3,500 for your first deal. Yeah. Any, like, even even if you're working at a gas station and you, like, save for a year, you could probably, like, make something work 100%. with that. That's wild. My second deal was $1,500. My third deal was $1,400. So it's, like, $1,500. $1, that is crazy. How's the coaching going with this? So you show other people, right, how yeah, to do so this? Yeah, so we teach other people how to do this. I started the coaching system in, in January of this year. Okay. I kept it a secret for five, six Oh, plus so this years. is relatively new. Yeah, the okay. coaching side of this. Um, I didn't want to mention it to anyone. I'm like, let me just keep it my secret. It's my yeah. thing. At the end of 2022, I'm like, I, I want to have a higher level of impact now. Like, I can help mm. one family at a time when I'm doing this, but I want to help thousands of families at a time. And the only way to do it is to bring light to more people. Yep. Help more people get into this business. Yep. Now I'm helping the families who are getting into the affordable housing, the mobile homes, and I'm helping the families, the people who are learning how to run this business model and create yep. wealth for themselves in real estate. Yep. And I just see that there's such a huge need for it. Such a huge need, one, demand for affordable housing, and then two, for people who want to get into real estate, but they can't afford a single-family home, a multi-family home. They mm. don't have the $100,000 plus to put into it. And even if they do, I was talking, I talked to a lot of investors as well. They're like, all my money's tied up. I have $100,000, $200,000 tied up for six, seven, eight months. I can only do one deal at a time. I'm like, I just bought 10 mobile homes for yeah. under $100,000. And that also disperses your risk, mm-hmm. right? So now you don't have $100,000 tied up into one deal. You have it tied up into 10 different deals. Yeah. So it's diversification yeah. as well. Man. I'm buying six, seven mobile homes at a time. I We have members How many are you doing a month, like, generally? Uh, right do you have now a team? we have six. I have yeah. so many questions. Yeah, <laughs> I do. That's how <laughs> Dude, I travel. It's exciting. I travel. It's yeah. I have homes being flipped right now. That's amazing. Here. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, okay. So how many, how many deals do you typically do a month? It really varies. Right now yeah. we have six. Uh, like this in month. progress yeah six okay. that are being worked on um last month and this month like so I, they're already yours they're already own them repair yeah getting them on phase. lots fixing them up okay. getting them flipped and everything of that sort um it, it varies depending on how much we're putting towards it. like right now with these six like okay we're working on these six sometimes we just do quick flips where i'm putting like a thousand or two thousand dollars into them now as of late these past couple months i started putting more into the homes to be able is to that just part get, just because you're building more confidence and you know what they'll sell for and you're feeling yeah a little to get more. the higher bang um, yeah like I could have sold that one that I bought for twelve thousand I could have sold it for forty five thousand dollars the next day I had a buyer but I'm like oh no and it's tempting but I'm like no I'm gonna put the work into it and I sold it for one hundred twenty seven thousand dollars instead so instead of a thirty thousand dollar profit I made an eighty eight thousand dollar profit wow this one that one of them that we're working on right now that we're flipping I always put them on the market as soon as I get them okay. just to see what the demand is okay. Um, and see if anyone wants it as is and see what I want to do with it. I had, I bought this one for 10,000. I put it on for 45,000. I had like three buyers who wanted it right away, but I'm like, ah, I'm going to put some work into it. Yeah. Give it some time. Yeah. Make people salivate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And would you sell it for? I didn't sell this one yet. This oh, one's this on the one's market. In the works. Yeah, this okay. one currently that I'm mentioning, um, I'll probably end up selling it for like 75 or 80. And you bought it for 10? Bought said? it for 10. All in. Yeah. All in. Um, we're going to be about 18. Eighteen thousand all. That's amazing, yeah. dude! Wow. Um, how many people on your team? I have. It varies depending on what, how many crews. Like, I'll have subcontractors come for certain homes, 
people who are like legit on my team, I have three. But then okay. there's subcontractors. Like the last home that I just flipped, I probably had like nine guys in doing work, coming back and okay. forth. Okay. Yeah. So they're not like yeah. full time. Yeah. Anything. None of them. Yeah. Contractors. I have one guy who's fully full time. Then the other ones are just subcontractors. Do you find your deals with direct mail? Is that the Bandit signs, okay. um, putting up signs, we buy mobile uh -huh. homes. Going to the mobile home parks and building relationships with the managers, so important because there's a mobile oh. home park manager. They're the okay. gatekeepers. So they will tell you what deals are available. And if you build a good relationship with them, which we teach people how to do. They'll just give you deals probably. They'll give you deals. They'll tell you, this person's going to be evicted. Go check out this home. That's how, I've got, <laughs> that's how I got a lot of my deals. That's amazing. Yeah, this person's going to be evicted. This person's behind on lot rent. They might want to sell. This person's going to be moving out. This person just passed away. Like, go ask, go contact their family members so you don't buy on do you buy on market at all or it's all off market it's mostly all off market yeah because that's yeah. where you get the deals i was just gonna buy one on market um la this probably like about three weeks ago but then the price just kept shooting up because there's a huge demand for mobile homes so okay. i was gonna actually really? buy this one this would have been the most expensive that's one i purchased so yeah i was gonna purchase it for fifty five thousand, but then every time i'd say a different number and i'm traveling while i'm doing it they're like this person's going to pay $65,000 for it. I'm like, all right, we're getting too high here. Yeah. It's not it. Do you think the demand, the increase in demand is because, like, there's inflation? I, I also think that there is, like, an increasing wealth gap happening mm -hmm. in America where you have a lot of people who just don't have as much money. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, the upper, upper middle class is dwindling a little bit. Do you think that's why, like, more people are just looking for houses they can actually yeah, afford? they can afford. Recessions, yeah. inflation, um, interest rates. Like, people are now moving towards, I can't afford this anymore. The rent is increasing. They're like, this is so small place that I have for my family. The rent keeps going up more and more. Yeah. Let me move to a mobile home where I'm only paying $600 per month in lot rent, $700 per month in lot rent. Once I have my house paid off, like, I'm golden. I'm just paying this. Yeah. And it's such a lower price point. And you have a yard. You have... Um, house that you can run around in and they're not and and if you get a nice one like i've been in mobile homes they're not like if you get a nice one dude they're not anything to balk at like no like the ones that we flip one the past one that we just did for 127 it's freaking beautiful is it incredible really you look in that you won't even know it's a mobile home and you, you sold it for what 127 that's amazing yeah. all in at all in thirty five thousand. That's 35,100. That's some pretty and exact. and that what's the average like turnaround? Is it 2 months on these like you bought from when you buy it to when you sell it? If you're doing a full gut job like this one, we took everything out full gut job. Okay. It took 28 days to do that. And then because it was such a high price point that I was selling it at, okay. total was 88 days. Typically, okay. I want to have these things flipped in 30 days from bought to sold 30 days. Really? Yeah. It's fast. That's fast. Mm -hmm. That's fast. I'm sure the repairs are less intense than if you would have a house. 100%. Right? Yeah. So got to be cheaper, got to be quicker. Yeah. Wow. That's wild, man. Yeah. What an amazing business model. I know. I want to do this. It's I flipped land okay. for a little bit, like vacant land. Okay. I didn't do much. I did it for, I don't know, three months maybe. And, but I bought like five to six lots and it was just sending mail to, we would, it's actually pretty smart. So we'd send, I bought this course and you send literally the purchase agreement. Um, not You don't have your signature, but there's a place for them to, and it's like, just sign below. Yeah. And people would just sign it, it and mail you, it back, yeah. bro. It's, it's different too and it just shows that you're serious and they're like, oh shit, all right. People all are sending me mailers it. with their face saying we buy land, but no, he's actually sending me a purchase agreement. It's a totally different ballgame, yeah. yeah. And they would literally, it was so funny, they would just sign it and mail it back and then like, all right. And Perfect. yeah, they wouldn't even call you. They'd just be like, yep. So then with the number, like you wouldn't put a, 
a price point that you were buying it for on there? Or you put the, the land? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you no, know, yeah, on the purchase agreement, it would have the offer. Okay. It'd be like a thousand But your bucks. signature was blank is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It had the spot for our, my signature, but like mainly just because you're sending like 500 of these, so you didn't want to like go yeah, through and sign, sign each every one. Single one. But yeah, but no, there's spots for it. And and then it has the offer and the address or the lot number and everything. Um, and people because people just owned these lots and they didn't, again, they're paying taxes on them mm-hmm. and they don't, they're not doing anything with them. But the hard thing, I think, with vacant land is, from my experience, and I, I'm not saying I did it well, but it, it, it's not as desirable as a mobile home. Because mm-hmm. a mobile home is something you can live in. Mm-hmm. piece of land, it's like... Yeah, the demand is definitely like lower, dream. for sure. Oh, yeah. So, like, it sits. Yeah. It sits for a long time. People How just... long did you typically hold on to the land for? <laughs> Dude, there was one of them that, that, like, after I left... I did it with a buddy of mine named Paul DeCampo. Do you know him? No. Okay. He's kind of in the real estate space. He actually does, he's done some mobile home stuff too, actually, okay. funny enough. Yeah. And I did it with him and there was one piece of land we like owned together. And after I was like done, it sold like six months ago and I did this like two years ago. Oh, and wow. finally, so some of it really sits. I think that business model is essentially buy just a crap ton of land for as cheap as possible. Mm-hmm. And then just like it, cause it's going to sit. So you need a lot of it to like, have a steady amount of people coming and buying it Mm -hmm. i mean it's pretty easy like if you buy a lot for 1k to flip it for like 5k or something so it's it's nice and you don't have to do anything to it obviously but again it just sits yeah it just sits so it's hard that's when it sits there for a while that's another thing it's like very nagging when it's just sitting there it's on your mind you're not getting leads you don't nobody's calling being like man that's a nice piece of land Uh and and like you have to it's hard too because you you have to find vacant land that is actually decent which is obviously going to just get increasingly harder because there's a finite amount of land in the mm-hmm. world and a lot of the land that is vacant is vacant for a reason mm-hmm. because it, you like building it's zoned badly or like building on it is a nightmare it's a flood zone we had a lot of flood zone stuff so it's like when you when people are going to buy it it's like can i build on it you know did you have any zone. land that you purchased that you still own no, no, no. I, yeah. uh, I don't think. No, I don't think I have any. If I do, I, I don't know about <laughs> it. I don't think so, man. I think it all sold off. Gotcha. But yeah, and then I'm super familiar with wholesaling. Okay. Um, just because I've never really done it, but I know a lot of wholesalers. That's the thing. There's like certain, a lot of different business models. Certain, yeah, certain things in in real estate that people know a lot of, mm-hmm. and mobile homes is something that very few people not one of them do ever talk about. It's in, do you do you have so what market do you do this in? Is it one market? You just specifically? Yeah, yeah. I have two states that I do it in. So okay. The, so New Jersey, Pennsylvania are like my two main states that we do it in. Just local. Okay. Keep it local. Um, but then we have people who do it all around the country. Everywhere. Is there any state that if someone's there and wants to flip mobile homes, you're kind of like, well, it's tough there. Hawaii, because there's that's I live yeah. there. That's where I live for two years. Yeah, there. there's yeah, yeah. only a couple mobile home parks there, and that's true. You can't get into those parks. I can, like, yeah, I can confirm because I've been. I lived in Hawaii for two years on Oahu, and yeah, there's not a lot of mobile homes. Yeah, yeah. okay. Not. So Hawaii, Hawaii. I'm not positive about Alaska. It's just cold as hell there, so I'm like, I don't, I don't know fixing mobile <laughs> homes like, to do that. Like you got to insulate the shit <laughs> yeah, out of I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to Alaska. But every other state, there's mobile home parks and there's mobile homes. So Alaska, Hawaii, maybe not, but Those everywhere two, else, yeah. the everywhere 48 else other golden. states? Yeah, okay. you're golden. Wow. Yeah. And you have, how many how many people are you working with right now within your... In our program, we have 40-something in there right now. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. We're going to be doing a second launch coming up, actually. Probably next month, sometime next month. Okay. We're going to be doing another launch to get 
decent amount of people in there. Cool. And then what do you do for your launch? You like do some Facebook ads and Instagram shout outs okay. is one thing that we're implementing. Um, we're going to be implementing new what strategies. What is Instagram shout outs? Is that like getting influencers and stuff to like talk about it? Like other people with followers? Essentially. So it's, okay. you know, the pages like, like mindset motivation or entrepreneur mindset. I'm just yeah. making up names. Right yeah, now. yeah. Yeah. All those like random yeah, yeah, pages alliterated. They had yeah. like a lot of them though. They had like a million followers, 800,000 yep. followers. You can pay them to be on their page for 24 hours, 48 oh. hours or so. Oh, cool. And yeah. then you get exposure. So you get exposure and those people follow you. And that's interesting. Yeah, naturally that okay. Um, how much, so do you like make a video and you send it to them and they'll post it for you? Yeah, for it a varies. Money? So some are videos, okay. some are like posts. You might've seen somewhere it's like, this guy, for let's say mobile home life, this guy learned how to create X amount of dollars in mobile homes. And it's those slide photos where it shows you how, like you scroll through photos, yeah. like the, almost like the um, the Twitter, not even Twitter anymore, the X, X photos yeah. where you slide through and it has like uh, words on it. Yep. Like this is how he does it. So okay. that style as well, there's different styles for the Instagram okay. shout outs. And what's like the average cost? Like how much do you pay for that? It like varies. Some of them are like, $300 for okay. four posts for 24 hours. Okay. Depends on the size of the page, but something in that range. And have you have you done this before? It's funny. I actually started doing Instagram shout outs when I was in college. I always had the entrepreneur spirit. Hell yeah. My yeah. sophomore year of college when I was, I was selling fitness programs online. Okay. And me and my one buddy, he now has like huge fitness pages. Sweet. He has the biggest fitness pages out there. Um, but we used to pay fitness pages to shout us out. This was back in 20. 13. Okay. So I started to okay. shout outs a while ago, but I haven't done it since then. Um, and now we're ramping up again. Let me know how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're, I'm going to be launching uh, a group with a buddy of mine and I'm kind of like been brainstorming about some uh, traffic, like driving traffic to mm -hmm. sales page. So I might try that. Yeah. Shout outs. That's Check interesting. Out. Yeah. I didn't even, I, it wasn't even my, on my radar. And did you get like, when you did it last time, you feel that like you get decent results from yeah. it? And you yeah. have to, you want to verify the pages that you're doing. Yeah, you don't want to do it with like all the bots. Yeah, they don't have bots. Yeah. You want to make sure they don't have bots. They'll send you like a screen recording of showing you their growth and like their analytics and stuff. You okay. want to make sure they have the demographic that, that you legit. want. That it's legit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was, uh, we're launching this group soon and we want to get 100 members at launch is the goal. So it's just like shooting for the moon. And we're like reverse engineering. It's like, okay, sales page, let's assume 2% conversion. And then... How many, so if we're on 100 members, you need 5,000 visits. So now mm -hmm. I'm thinking like, how do we get 5,000 people to the page? So And ads are great. My Instagram and Facebook ads, my Facebook ad yep. account got banned for life. So Your Facebook ad account? <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tell me the story. What happened? What'd this you do? Is, this was back in 2020, actually. We were running a lot of ads for my mindset programs. Okay. A lot of ads for that. I had someone else that was running my ads. It got shut down once. And then it got shut down a couple more times. I don't even know the exact reason why. Really? And after that, they're like, you're banned for life. So it wasn't no. anything like huge. There wasn't like you like you're just done. naked I'm like, on camera. Nah, maybe what? cursing in the videos, but oh. people curse in videos. So I don't they know what it you was. Should, they should ban Tony Robbins. Right? People yeah, curse all the time. Yeah. Man, that's, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if cursing is allowed in. I think it is. So I don't know what the issue was, but I know we got flagged huh. a couple times and we got flagged like three times. And after the third time, they're like, you're out. Three strikes, you're out. Banned for life. I'm like, come on. I thought maybe when Meta came, when it changed to Meta, I'm like, maybe my account will be back yeah, up again. Yeah, maybe I'll be back. But it's not. That's, uh, yeah, the banned for life thing is, is it's the death penalty. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's the fucking it's death ridiculous. penalty. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's capital punishment. It it's is. It's like, it's, it's, so, it's just so ridiculous to, why don't, why can't you just make 
like this is logical to just make like first of all three strikes is not enough to ban someone mm -hmm. for life right that's no, not, not even close there should be okay you're banned for like the first ban should be a week maybe mm -hmm. and then the second ban should be maybe a month maybe maybe it's just another week and then there's like another month and then it just progressively gets longer it's like you know what it's like it's like when you enter your password and you get it wrong. Exactly. They are not like, all right, you never get to access your account ever because you fucked up. But with uh, Stupid. Bitcoin, that one guy, did you ever hear, hear about that? That one no. guy had like 100 million or something in Bitcoin, but he kept getting his password wrong. He didn't know it. So now he's hacked <laughs> out forever. <laughs> no Crazy. way. Yeah. That it's happened a couple sucks. of years ago. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. the worst. Yeah. For that sure. would be a really, really big shame. Yeah. Bad for life. Quit, I would quit on life if that happened. Right. Yeah. I'd be done. Not good. Because, um, and we were spending. The amount that we were spending on ads was probably like 5K at that point per month. Okay. And we were ramping up, ramping up. And then Facebook's like, just like, ah, we're good. They're Get so rich. I know. It's that wild. 5K to them is probably like nothing. It's pennies. Yeah. yeah, they don't give a shit. It's the worst, dude. Yeah. Did you see, uh, I was thinking about getting banned. Did you see Trump's uh, mugshot? I did. That was hilarious. I know. Oh my God. I was Blowing thinking up. about that because in a mugshot, I've never had a mugshot, but I imagine they take one photo. And he, I mean, he nailed it. He's like, mean he's he's like, like let me ready. make this photo go viral. <laughs> he was what so ready. What face can I make to make this photo go viral? Somebody's going to put that on shirts. I'm sure they have. And make. I'm okay. sure they have. It I'm sure people have made millions with those shirts already. Dude, it has to be. So, okay. So with the mobile home investing, let me ask you this. So what's, what's like when someone in your, you have, is it a course or it's like a coaching it's a program? program? Yeah, program. It's a program. We have an online training system and then we have weekly group calls and everything of that sort. We're not just giving yeah. them a course saying go do it because no one does that. We What's the, the website? Mobilehomesuccess.com. Mobilehomesuccess.com. Okay. And can I ask how much it is per month? So per month, we have a one-time payment. Oh, cool. Yeah. And it's lifetime? lifetime? Or it's like, so it's like 90 days. As long as it takes you. We have a 90-day guarantee. If you don't sign okay. up, if you don't buy your first mobile home within the first 90 days, then you go through another 90-day system. Wow. Yeah, so That's a pretty we'll, sweet deal. One-on-one yeah, -on -one call, strategize. Have you had anyone come in who, like, just couldn't do it? Yeah. Maybe because of themselves, probably. For sure. 100%. Yeah. That's always what it yeah. comes down to. There's oh, definitely yeah. people who come in and they, they don't do it. They don't take action on it. Then we have other people who come in and their first month they're doing four or five, six deals. Yeah. It's like it's possible. What's the difference? You know, it's not because it's not it's not the market. It's yeah. not all the crap. It's just their belief system. That's always what system. it is. And we got we dive into mindset within our training program. But some people, it's just like we and we vet people, and that's why we only have thirty or forty ish people in right now because we vet everyone before we allow them in. One couple different reasons. Okay. The market, we don't want to saturate the market with people who really aren't going to be doing it, or okay. people who start teaching it now who don't know what they're doing. Yep. Saturation of market. Um, we want to make sure that people are actually going to make the investment and are actually going to follow through. Take it seriously. We don't want people coming in our program that aren't following through on things, and that just gives us a bad rat. All these stupid people leaving bad reviews because exactly. they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything yeah. with it. Those are the main two reasons why we're like, all right, let's make sure that we vet the people and we make sure that they're high okay. quality. So for this next round, we're making sure they're higher quality. Like they go through okay. application forms. They need a. So you do like ninety day sprints. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like the idea of ninety day sprints because it gives people a window, and I think when when people buy into something like that, it's appealing because, okay, I have to take action now mm -hmm. in these ninety days. Like it's a ninety day window, and I got to get my first deal, and that's exciting to people. And that's the problem. With that's courses. exciting to me. Yeah, like, someone gets go. a course, and they're like, I have lifetime to, to do, do this it can we just just sit, not do yeah it. it's like, what, a book. It's like Put the book on the show yeah because <laughs> and there's uh there's this funny uh scientific fact you've probably heard before but it's 
it's I think it's the same with a course or a book, but you get the dopamine hit mm-hmm. for that when you buy it, mm-hmm. not when you complete it. So people buy books and get the chemical sense or in their brain that they've already got the knowledge because they bought it instead of actually sitting down and doing it. And I, by the way, I do this all the time. Yeah, everyone so does. To- oh, everyone, everyone does. does. It's a fact. Yeah. And same with courses. It's something like 90%, isn't it? Of people who buy know, courses. Something like that, I'm sure. Don't. Maybe even higher. It's probably higher. I say uh, learning is justified procrastination. Let me just yep. keep learning, 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 learning. With yep. myself, when I first got into the whole journey of personal development and everything of that sort, mm. I'm like, let me, even with books, read one chapter, I take action on it. I can't move on to the next chapter until I take action until on what actually, I learned in the first chapter. Yeah. And then you program yourself to actually to grow and to, to get results versus just to learn. Yeah. And and it probably makes you more picky about the books you read. Mm-hmm. Because if you know, like, I'm going to actually take action on this, you're only going to buy and read books that you want to take they, action yeah, on. exactly. Like, you're not going to just read this crap you don't need because, like, because a lot of people, I think what you're saying is true. A lot of people will read and learn and, and do these things as though that alone is is the goal. Yeah. Right? They don't, they, and I've done this a lot, by the way, where you just, you just learn and you think, all right, I, you know, I did it, I'm better. And instead of what you're doing is reading and then doing something different Mm -hmm. because of what you learned Mm -hmm. versus like I have this knowledge and I'm going to tell people about it and make me sound smart let the dopamine come from results not just from learning that's so true I did too I spent when I first started like Ty Lopez his thing was like a book a day and I started doing that I was reading a book a day going through a book a day and I probably got through like 30 40 plus books and it, I definitely gained a lot of knowledge. I gained a lot of things in my mind. I understand a lot of things. Yeah, it's not entirely a loss, yeah, for sure. Like, for it's sure. definitely better than, like, watching The Bachelorette all day, yeah. right? Yeah. But if it's I kept doing that for a year, two years, three years, four years, I could have skipped it out for six plus years, and I feel good. But where are my results? I just yeah. have a stack of books. It does make you feel good, doesn't it? Like, it there's does. a hot it, – it, it's, it's a little deceptive. Which yeah. is funny because people think about reading and and look like I love to read. I think reading's great. Yeah, amazing. My wife reads. Yeah, super important. It's but not the worst thing you do is read, <laughs> dude. By far. So, but but it is a little deceptive chemically in our brains that we think if we read the book now, like that is the end goal, mm-hmm. and we don't think about it further than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's deceptive. Yeah, it's, and you have to train your brain to be you do. To, be happy with the results, not just with learning. And it's like, yeah. let me trigger my mind now. Let me trigger my brain to feel good from results versus learning. When I, If I'm just learning now, like it doesn't, like yes, there is a certain level of feeling good, but I don't move on to, I legitimately don't move on to that next chapter. I can't yeah. unless I take action on the first one because yeah. I train myself to get results. Green light, red light. Green light, yep. learn it. Red light, you're not learning anymore. Take action on it. Once you get the result, then green light again. Keep learning. Yep, and there's, and 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 also you can learn from reading a book but how much more do you learn from actually like i could read about starting a podcast all day long mm-hmm. but until you start a podcast you There's, don't learn no, shit nothing. like you don't actually it's deceptive you think you know yeah but until you start and do it and fuck it up you don't know anything you know nothing at all and that's the only way to learn yeah that's the only way to figure it out dude mm-hmm. um so do you do, still do the mindset coaching stuff no, or is that that's just the, is yeah, it just the mobile homes? Just the mobile homes. Yeah, cool. I invest in mobile homes. I mean, you're doing so fucking well with yeah. it. Yeah. Now we're moving into mobile home parks. Um, I have like a couple buying under entire contract parks. buying parks. Yeah. Oh, dude, I have one okay. under contract, and I got others that we're working on right so now. So how does that work? 
Because so, that seems intense. Yeah, so you're, and that's more of like the typical real estate, like it takes a while, the process, six plus months. Okay. You're, what we're doing, we have cold callers, cold calling mobile home parks, mobile home park owners, ask them if they're interested in selling their parks. Okay. If they're interested, then we'll go over the deal, break down numbers, I have a spreadsheet where we break down the numbers to make sure it makes sense. Okay. If it makes sense, then awesome, let's get the, get it signed and, and move on to that park. Okay. When you own a mobile home park, you just want to own the land. Now, some people own the homes as well in the park, but it's a lot rent business. So just like I said, like you pay Yeah, you're the one getting paid the lot rent. You own the parking lot, quote unquote, and they're paying you lot rent and you don't have to deal it's with the mobile lot. homes. Yeah. That's what it is. You don't want to own the mobile homes because then you have to deal with the mobile homes and you have to have maintenance for the mobile homes, but you're not getting calls on the mobile homes if you just own the land. All you have to do is make sure the land's well kept, the main streets, so the main easy. road. Mow it. Yeah. And, you get and then your, the problems that go on inside the houses not your that's problem them. wow that's actually pretty sweet yeah so i'm sure it varies a lot but what type of costs because mobile homes like this isn't some like the mobile homes are a lot easier entrance mm -hmm. into this than a park mm -hmm. but what kind of costs you look at to buy an entire park it varies hugely i'm sure um yeah from <clears throat> like one that we have under contract was six hundred fifteen thousand dollars. okay there's others that are millions, million plus, 10 million, 20 million. Depends yeah, on how many lots high. they have, okay. where it's located, how, how high the lot rent is. is. Yeah. Yeah. With okay. the lot, because some parks, they're $800 plus lot rent. They're on the coast. They have a thousand, or let's say 300 homes inside wow. that park. So, like, they're going for a bigger bang for the buck. Yeah. A bigger buck, not a bang for the buck. What happens in that case, though, if a, if, so if one's not filled, well, how does that work? So, like, if if a if one of the mobile homes if you you own the park and one of the mobile homes isn't filled, you do you don't make lot rent on that. You're not collecting lot rent on that if okay. no one if the park owns it. If the park owns it, yeah. Okay, so if like no one owns that mobile home, yeah. But that probably like what that would like never happen though. There's a decent amount of parks that have vacant mobile homes sitting in them. Okay, someone moved out or someone got kicked out and then it, the home was trashy, so okay. the parks like we want to get someone it. to buy it or we're just gonna leave it there or we're gonna knock it down. Okay. Some parks that have vacant, a lot of parks have vacant lots. So there's lots that don't have homes on them. So when you're calculating your equation in your equation to purchase a park, you're not calculating those homes that don't, those lots that don't have homes because it's going to cost you $10,000 plus to, to get a home those. in there. So it, get a home brought in, put it on the land, get it all set up. Okay. Wow. So if you, so you said you're buying it for 500, 615, 615. Is that cash or is that on loan or loan. private money or something yeah, on a loan? loan? Bank is it loan. bank loan? Bank loan. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's down for that? Like, uh, we put, I think 20% down on that. Okay. So 120,000 or Roughly, something like that. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and then that's more of, that's not like flipping or that's, long -term that's just holding. holding. Yeah. Yeah. That's that long-term play. Do you know on this one, what your like monthly, all like all told in the beginning so income's gonna be so right now the lot rents are only at 220 dollars i believe or 250 dollars. how many lots are there 52 no okay. i'm sorry so there's 52 lots but there's 35 or 36 lots that are filled right now okay so right now what we'd be bringing in is a lot different than what we're going to be bringing in five years from now when the lot rent will slowly bring it up like 40 dollars per year yeah of course and then okay. when we fill in those lots now we have 52 lots at $400 per month versus 32 lots at 250 per month. Okay. Like the income changes dramatically. Yeah. The exact number on this one, I haven't looked at this these numbers in a bit because we've been going yeah, back yeah. and forth it's on okay. this deal for the last like five, six months. Yeah. 
I'm sure it's a lot more negotiating and stuff that goes into buying a park than a mobile. A hundred. There's totally so much different. more negotiating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Homes are easy. Homes are simple. They're I buy them within one day. Yeah. Parks. It's this has been a six month plus journey with this park. Wow. Yeah. But it'll be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Those are yeah. the long term plays, and that's the thing. Yeah. A lot of people, even getting into real estate, like they're like, I'm going to buy a multifamily house. Mm. Great. And they want to quit their jobs. Like, you're mm. not going to be able to quit your job buying a multifamily house. That's a longer term play. You yeah. have to put down $30,000. If you get an FHA loan, let's say $20,000, you put down $20,000. Now you have maintenance costs, repair costs. The house doesn't cost $20,000. The house costs $300 plus $1,000. So your, your rent is going towards what you're collecting is going towards the the mortgage. Yep. So it's like you're going to probably be cash flowing maybe if you're renting out the multifamily, both units, probably 800 to 1500 per month. Okay. Maybe. And okay. then you got it repairs and maintenance and different things of that sort. Yeah. That's why I myself, like I have one multifamily that I own. Okay. But I'm like, I'm not going. Is that, is that a multifamily mobile home? No, or multifamily just house. house. Okay, yeah. okay. Does that, that exist? Going, no, home mobile Okay, I didn't think so. Okay. I mean, it might. People Maybe, might have I mean, everything put exists. Them <laughs> just put a wall in the middle. I've seen mobile homes with second floors that people <laughs> just put cut it in themselves. Half. Yeah, uh, everything exists. Everything exists. Um, but with that, I'm like, I'm not going the multifamily route because I don't want to be the the landlord. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to hold on to these, and I'd rather just go from mobile homes to mobile home parks because there's a bigger amount that you'll be collecting, and you have 50 tenants instead of two tenants, so you're not relying on two people, and you get more yeah. money coming. In. And it seems like the natural progression, right? Like if you because as you get more money and you, your finances improve and you're able to do a mobile home park, it makes total sense to say, okay, let's, like we're buying the homes, but now let's buy the park. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Do you, what's your vision for, tell me the name of your mobile home coaching thing again. Mobile home success. Mobile home success.com. Yeah, we have the mobile home success academy, mobile home success.com. is a website. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm surprised. When did you buy that domain? I bought that, I was surprised too. Dude, I was like, what Very the Very surprised. I bought yeah. that probably five months ago. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. I, I can't. Mobile Home Success. Success. Wow. Yeah. I cannot believe that's Beautiful available. Domain. We just bought the domain simplelittlebusinessmodel.com. Okay. Me and a business partner. Did you buy that from someone or was it available? No, dude, it's available. Huh. Yeah, that was another one. I was like, what the hell? Man, there's still domains. Yeah. Like after decades. Yeah. There's still domains available. Some that, good ones out there. Dude, crazy. Yeah. Um, man. So you're so oh, you're traveling right now, yeah? So you, how's you enjoy, first time to Lisbon? First time I haven't asked you about yeah, this yet. Okay. Here. Do you like it? Yeah, it's great. So you've awesome. been here for a week now or? Yeah, about a week. Okay. I believe we'll be here for three weeks okay. in total. Okay. But it's nice. Yeah, we like to travel and have places where we can like settle down in and get work done. There's traveling vacation, then there's traveling living wise. In yes. Monaco. I'm familiar with this. My girlfriend was there for two months or two and a half to three months in Monaco. I was there for a month. Okay. There, she went sooner than me. I was doing some other business stuff here. Okay. Um, or maybe I was there for a month and a half or so. Whatever. But yeah, yeah. we're like in that one spot, stay there. Okay. And we'll go on like little trips, like Saint Tropez is near there. We went there. We went to a couple other spots, but we had our one house that we were living in, quote unquote, okay. the Airbnb. Okay. Yeah, and that gives you time because you still have to do some stuff, yeah. right? And if not- you're just traveling, like when we were in Greece, we were in Athens for a week. We were in Mykonos Sweet. for a week. We were in. Um, Milos was another island uh-huh. for like four days. That's like just vacation. You can't get any work done doing that. Yeah, moving all your suitcases, going back. No, and it's forth. too wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, so so is this your? I, I'm this is probably not true, but is this your first time to Europe or no? Been to Europe before? Been to Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And how long is this? Because you you were in Greece recently, right? Before this, right before this. Okay. And 
what are you doing after Lisbon? Are you going somewhere going else back or? to yeah, going back to back home. Jersey. Okay. Be there for and then we're gonna be figuring out where we're, our next spot's gonna be because we're not gonna be in Jersey cool. permanently. Okay. So yeah, I'm gonna be renting out my house that I have there. Okay. And then figuring where out where do you want to be? Do you guys know? No, we don't know. You want to be like we're gonna out be of in the America. US or? No, we'll okay. be in the you US. Be in the US. Okay. Probably stay on the East Coast. We might end up getting another place in Jersey okay. for the time being, but we also want a place in Europe as well. So we'll Ooh. have two one main spot in the on the East Coast okay. in the US, one main spot in Europe, and then we'll Airbnb out the Europe one. Do you know where in Europe you want to do? Probably do near a, Monaco. Hell yeah. In that yeah, south of France area. Dude, yeah. sweet. We loved it there. We South had connections France is there. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we just went to for our ten. Me and my wife for our ten year anniversary, we went to Nice. Okay, which was beautiful. Right dude, dude, we stayed in. A, there's a hotel there, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's like it's lip. It was our ten year anniversary, so you got to go big, right? So it, it the hotel, it's like the bougiest shit. Oh yeah. Oh my in god. Nice? Yeah, in Nice, it's uh, it's right on the beach. Um, like celebrity, they have like discreet service, and like it's like celebrities stay there and shit. They have. So you know that really famous painting of Louis? I think it's Louis the Fourteenth, where he's like in high heels and super. I know what you're talking about. Super, yeah, yeah, yeah. super fan. He's got the long hair. And I didn't everything. think I was gonna know what you're talking about when you said that. And then, yeah, yeah and then you're like, I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> Everyone's seen this painting, bro. And they have there's two original copies of that, and they have one of them in their bar. Oh and wow, it's hu- dude, it's huge. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah, the artwork in that place is crazy. Um, they have rooms that go up to like 10k a night, maybe more. Like it's, I mean, we didn't spend that much, but it was. It was bougie, bro. But we also went to, so there's Nice. And then you go a little bit, I think, east. And there's Villefranche-sur-Mer. And that's way better. Villefranche, yeah, we were there. Oh, yeah. We, were, Dude. we went to a couple of the beach clubs there. And we had some friends bro, that were there. The water there yeah. is so pretty. Yeah. It reminded me of Croatia because we spent, have you been to Croatia? No. Dude, put it on the list. Okay. Croatia is amazing. Go to uh, Rovin. It's R-O-V-I-N-J. Okay. And it's like, you know, Villa French de Mer, like the waters, it's the pebble beaches. The water is super mm-hmm. calm. Mm-hmm. It's like turquoise. Blue. I didn't think I was going to like the pebble beaches, but I like them so much more so than the much, sand beaches. Dude, thank so you much for saying like, that. On your feet, it feels amazing. Laying it, on it feels oh my great. God. Even laying on it, like they're kind of hot and it like you dig your feet in. It feels it nice. It feels great. And the sand gets everywhere. Yeah. And you're trying to like not get it in uncomfortable places and it makes the water so much prettier too like the because there's it's you can see right through it like 10 20 feet down i don't know yeah dude same same experience the first time i did pebble so like this is is so much better but most people think like yeah i tell people that they're like why would you that's that sounds awful no it's amazing oh it's the best and laying on it is like not that uncomfortable even if you just like put a towel it felt great laying on it too i'm like this is good it's like we're golden back massage yeah yeah dude it was nice yeah that's funny you were there when did you go there when we were in monaco it's right there okay it's probably a 15 minute drive from monaco was monaco i'm sorry was monaco recent too yeah monaco was before greece uh yeah before greece but wasn't right before greece we went to back to america travel a lot uh monaco was you have to man yeah you got to enjoy the success you're having for sure right for sure and that's something that i didn't do i never traveled it's my girlfriend got me out of my shell we've been dating for two and a half years at this okay point um i used to just when i first started my entrepreneur journey and this was me getting myself stuck in a box again i'm like i just have to stay home behind my laptop and just grind all the time just do yeah. this and i didn't allow myself to enjoy the fruits of my labor yeah and it's uncomfortable first doing it but i'm like this is so amazing the world that's out here i traveled here and there but i didn't go on these long trips or spend time in europe and just enjoy it as well yeah 
Like you have to enjoy it. You have, you to, have enjoy to enjoy it, man. That's so true. I've uh, I've been doing a lot of stuff recently that's exciting to me, and I'm a very excitable person. I get excited really easy, and I just like and I like think about it, and not not in a negative way. I just like anticipation. You know, I'm like, oh man, dreaming about it, envisioning it. You know, all the like the podcast and my newsletter. I'm we're doing like we're having our first launch. These other businesses, that. just lots of cool yeah. stuff that I'm excited about. But I've run into this issue where, um, and it, I think it's improving a little bit, but where I like can't fall the fuck asleep, you know, like my excited? sleep is impacted and I, and I'm tired as shit the next day, you know? Yeah. So I've been contemplating like, okay, if this is, if this is going to be sustainable for me, then I have to figure out how to sleep mm-hmm. and be excited. You know what I mean? Have you ever had do you, this? Yeah, do you journal before you go to bed? Like write down all the no, ideas? No, that's a good idea though. That's something that was Does a game that changer for me. Really? Writing down the things that I'm excited about, writing down my game plan for the next day, you might okay. do that. Like just getting clear and all that so it, it gets out of me. Instead of it just sitting mm. in my head, I'm like, let me get it out on the paper so now my mind feels okay because it's there. Because it's there, you know, you know don't I'm have to worry about it. And I know I'm going to wake up it's there and you just release it from your mind. Because you seem similar to me in terms of kind of like high energy, enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. So I bet that would help. Yeah. Yeah. It does. I've done. Have you done much meditation? I meditate every single day. Dude, it's so important. 30 plus minutes a day. I've done Vipassana. It's a 10-day silent retreat. Vipassana. It's called Vipassana. What the fuck is Vipassana? 10-day silent retreat. You sit there. You, oh, it's one of those. Yeah, I've yeah. heard of these. You, you can't go. read, write, talk, look at people in the eyes. Like just 10 <sighs> days of meditating every single day. What is that like? Pretty bad. I did this back in 2017. It's powerful, man. Like what you you think you would do it again? Um, maybe I do a shorter period of time now. Okay. I don't feel the need. Then I've done like the next thing that I want to do is a darkness retreat where you're in the dark for five days straight, just like pitch black, pitch dark black. five days straight. Yeah. I did one of those eating in the dark restaurants where it's pitch black. Interesting. I've yeah, never heard they of have that. one. I'll I'll send you a link. They okay. have one in uh, Paris. Okay, dude, super cool, okay. super cool. And blind people serve you. Eating in the what? Dude, blind That's people insane. are the waiters get, and waitresses. Yeah, they get yeah, a better. So you line so and you sit at a table with people you don't know. So it's super fun. So like, you put your phone in a locker because there's no light allowed, and then they all line up and you like put sh- your hands on the shoulders of the with your whole table. Your whole table lines up. And then the blind person, the waiter or waitress, guides you in. Wow. It's so trippy. Because wow. you go in and you and it's dude. I, I had like for 30 seconds almost had a panic attack because I like control. Uh-huh. And I was like, and I, I've never I've just never not been able to see. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I'm like, you got they guide you and you're following, and then you like stop. You can't see shit. I mean, I wasn't sure. I was like, maybe I'll be able to see a little bit. I, you can't see anything. Wow. And so you're standing there and you're just sitting there wondering what's going on. And then the blind person grabs your hand and like kind of guides you to your seat and you're like feeling around. Okay. Like feeling for your glass and they don't make it easy. They give you soup. They give me, they give us soup. They don't tell you what you're eating either. They gave you soup. They gave us a water pitcher for the table. So like you got to <laughs> pour, pour your, your own water, water, bro. We had to pass the bread around the table. Super How fun. Is the, Highly recommended. Like you tasting the food where your senses for higher sure. so the food tasted better. Like for the, sure. Yeah. I think like without doubt, without a question, dude, like it's it's a noticeable that was it was a really profound, which I'm sure five days would be like yeah. crazy. It was a really profound experience. I, I remember coming out just feeling like really high. It was it, I don't know why. It was just this profound experience where you're talking to people at the table. You don't know them, but there's like just no judgment because nobody knows what each other looks like. Mm-hmm. You only hear their voices. And mm-hmm. so everyone's having fun. Everyone lets loose. You 
get that's some awesome. Soup. I love that. I've never Bro. heard of that. You you got to try it, man. Yeah. You get some soup on your shirt. Nobody gives it. You don't. Yeah. You don't even tell anybody. Like, eh, who cares? You know, you're holding. <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> you don't even. Dude, honestly, <laughs> I might have just got soup. It's on my so fun, man. You got to do. it. I'll send you a link yeah, to the place. Sure, that's very yeah. cool. Yeah, it's amazing. I was in Paris last year. Okay, one of my favorite cities. Yeah, Paris awesome. is amazing, man. We did uh, the other cool thing we did there. We did a uh, let's see, we did the Moulin Rouge, we did which that, is yeah, like the did that. you did that mm -hmm. so cool. That mm -hmm. was amazing. Um, and then Agui Savoie. Have you? It's I think a, that's what the Moulin Rouge is. That like where they do the that's the like stuff on boobies and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the burlesque, yeah. dude. It yeah. was so cool. It's yeah. intense what they do. I'm like insane. Like some spinning and just what they're Did doing. Did you have on the there? one like, where they spun on the the raised platform on the roller skates? Did you? This was a while ago, so I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think they did roller skates, but they did some crazy stuff and just so acrobatic and it's wild. Went for the boobs, stay for the stay for, for yeah. the crazy shit, <laughs> yeah. dude. It was insane. it was wild. Yeah, I had to convince my wife because we're both like relatively modest, I would say. Okay. And I'm like, no, this is like a one time experience. Like we got to go. And she's like, but it's the strip club. I'm like, but it's classy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's like you forget about the strip club side you of things. You're like, it's so breathtaking the way that they just do all these things. And, and the women are gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, they're beautiful. And it and and it's really like the talent of these people. It's beyond. So talented. I mean, you, I felt that we got more than we bargained for. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Highly recommend anyone yeah, who goes so to Paris to try it out. Yeah. And then Guy Savoie. Have you heard of it? It's a restaurant. So okay, it, it's the that. restaurant where Gordon Ramsay learned okay. to cook. Yeah. So it's like his. It was actually, it's a three-star Michelin, which is the highest you can go. And it was considered, it's been considered for like a decade, the best restaurant in the world. And it just lost, I think, literally like six months ago. It lost a star, oh, which was crazy. Yeah, but we went there when it was three stars. That must so be so painful for the owner. Oh of my it. god, dude, he's, head chef. he's been known as uh, his name's Guy Savoie, and he's been known as the the best chef in the world for like at least a decade, maybe a couple decades. Why did it lose a star? Do you know? I don't know. I yeah, I don't. I don't know. I read a little bit about it. Michelin had an article on it. I don't know what what like came, what it came down to, man. That must be so it's gotta hurt though, Star dude. Scott. Like it, it's gotta feel a little bit like your legacy kind yeah, of for died. Sure. You know, yeah. that's rough, man. But have you ever have you ever done like the Michelin restaurant thing? No, what? dude, you. Have, I mean, I've done you know some Michelin restaurants. So I've never done this life. Oh no, that's all I mean. Yeah, okay. you've done Michelin restaurants. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm like, I'm addicted. I just think they're so. There's fun. There's a lot in the south of France. In um, oh, yeah. there's this area I went to called Antibes. Okay. Have you heard of it? I've heard it's of it. It's probably like there. 20 minutes south of Nice. Or it's like 30 minutes south of Nice. Okay. And there was a few, but there were a lot of them were like past Michelin star restaurants. So like they still hold that. Like I, we were Michelin oh, star. Okay. 2019 <laughs> Michelin star restaurant. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, That's awesome. We still awesome. hold on to it. Yeah. Okay. There's I've, also I've the, never seek Michelin star restaurants, but. We do. Yeah. We do. Awesome. My wife and I do. I, I have this thing where like growing up, we weren't poor by any means. But when we went to a restaurant, it was always... You know, you can't get drinks because we can't afford it. Everybody choose like one met, one item. Like, and then, oh, I want to get the steak. No, the steak's too expensive. So it's always kind of, and for some reason, and I love food. I've always loved food. It's a mm -hmm. curse. It's for some reason I associated eating, like it's one of the things I like to spend money on. I think it's super fun. It's just like, I drink wine. I feel like fucking royalty, yeah. bro. Yeah. People <laughs> waiting on you. Yeah, yes. so good. <laughs> and it's the only time in my life I feel that way. So I, I love it, dude. There's a really good restaurant here. I don't know if you have time. Um, we got two more weeks, so we got time. Dude, seriously, like 100% you have to go here. It's 
so we've been to, I think we've been to like 15 Michelin restaurants now. Okay. Because we just go like everywhere we go. This is, this place has ruined us. We've been here like six times now. It's in Lisbon. And we can't find anything better. Really? It's so fucking good. Really? Dude. Yeah. Definitely. So send, send me any recommendations okay. you have. Okay, I will. So yeah. it's called 50 Seconds. Okay. It's in this huge tower. It's called 50 Seconds because the elevator ride is exactly 50 seconds oh, wow. up. Yeah. Interesting. So I'll send you the link. Perfect. You have to go, man. Yeah. And the reservations, we haven't had too much trouble getting in. So, no. yeah. Yeah, we have some. You have to go. I don't know what places, but we have everything pretty much mapped out for the next two weeks. And that was part doing that sitting down and mapping everything out what we're going to be doing this day this day this day yeah. has been great but we're definitely open to like adding some a little bit of yeah, yeah so it's pretty things up. yeah it's pretty so do you but you have time for work still while you're here yeah she's still working we're working stuff. yeah we're working yeah what we'll does do. she do is she with you in the mobile home stuff so she's or? a network marketing she's huge in network marketing space like she was number one in her company just okay she has a sales team of people doing it's like health products health and wellness products hell yeah she has a whole sales team under What's, her okay so what is so Network marketing, what's that? So it is, do you know what multi-level marketing is? Is that MLM? It's very similar to that. It's similar, Different models that they run on. Okay. Different ways that they do it. Like MLM is- Is it like the nice word for MLM? Like network marketing? I'll try to explain it in a way we're not butchering it. Okay. So MLM is like you, you get someone- you get a team, you get someone under you, and then they build their separate team, and like they're competing with that person, and that person on them mm-hmm. competing with them. But in this, in the network marketing model, the they, this person on top, so for example, like she has a huge team, she's on top. The people that she enrolls also benefits the people under her who are being enrolled. They okay. then enroll people, it benefits the people under them and above them that are being enrolled. So, like, so everyone it's, wins. It's a teamwork thing versus okay. like different business models and different franchises. Okay. How a lot of the, and I hear her talking about it all the time, yeah. multi level marketing companies, it's like you. It all goes to the top. Multi level right? marketing is like, yeah, you get. You get, high, you get one person under you, they have their own little franchise. You mm-hmm. get a different person under you, they have their own separate franchise. So now these people are competing against each other. Yep. But in network marketing, they're all benefiting each You're other. You're all working together. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. it's an important nuance. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Definitely she, li- she likes it? She loves it. She's been doing it Hell for the yeah. last 10 years. She just spoke she on d- stage. She was a closing speaker at her event from like thousands of people. No way. Yeah. Oh Top under 30. Should have got her on the podcast yeah. too. Get her That's on. crazy. Dude. Yeah, we can set Hell that yeah. up. I mean, you're here two weeks. Yeah, we're here two more Dude, weeks. Dude, that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds cool. Yeah, she can. I don't, yeah, network market. That would be fun because I I know very little about. She's big on leadership. Yeah, she breaks it all down. Really? Oh, sick. Because I know little about network marketing and stuff. So it'd be fun to learn yeah. about that. Yeah. She's been in it for, I think, eight to 10 years she's been doing that for. Wow. Yeah. How old are you? 29. I had to think about 22. that. <laughs> I know. Me too, man. It feels like, like 28, 30. Do you feel, here's a question. Do you feel younger or older than you are? Or do you feel yeah, like about I right? mean, I don't know what someone 29 typically feels like, but I feel great. Yeah. What about like most 29-year-olds you talk to, though? You feel like, like, okay, let me ask you this. This is how I determine it. Okay. Are most of your friends older than you? <laughs> are most of my friends older than me? Yeah. Or, you, or like, the same age? Like, are most of your friends the same age? Or? It varies. It varies. I got a couple All friends that are younger than me, a couple friends that are older than okay. me. Okay. Yeah, I feel like for me, I always f- I feel like I'm in my fucking forties. But I think it's the kid. Yeah, for I sure. I think it's Definitely. the kid. That's and being married ten years, like hundred percent, bro. I and all of our friends, because most of our friends are parents at Andy's school. Yeah. Right. And we are by far the the maybe it's Europe. I don't know. I, I don't. I think it's becoming more common in the U.S. too. But we are definitely the exception of like in terms of Andy's age and our age. Most people with a six-year-old are like 40s, mm-hmm. is, is, has been our experience. Mm-hmm. So most of our friends are like in their 40s. Yeah, if that's what you're spending all your time with and like having a kid yeah. definitely is a game changer for how you feel. It's a sure. totally different, yeah. I don't have a kid. I feel young. Do you want a kid? Do you want yeah, kids? we'll have okay. kids. 
we gotta get engaged and married first but yeah, then yeah. kids it's a probably within the next like four years yeah four, so there you go so i mean that's right so like if you years. 10 years if it, if you were 10 years down the road and i was where i was we'd probably be friends yeah you'd be like <laughs> oh yeah kids the same age you yeah, know exactly. they play together yeah exactly yeah so it totally yeah man kids are how many do you know how many you want three Just three yeah all right she want three too yeah yeah three. i want two boys one girl she doesn't want that same order about it two boys one girl two boys could protect the girl For, two boys first yeah. and then the girl then the so girl. the girl's younger yeah 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 Youngest. that's a good way to do it yeah, we we if we, if we could choose, ideally. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> who knows what happens if you start? You gotta hope for the stuff, best, so, man. Yeah. yeah, you're lucky you'll get like three girls. Yeah, right. You're like, God damn. Yeah, man, I know. <laughs> uh, kids are. We wanted. We wanted. Uh, I think I man. I don't even remember what I wanted before having Andy. I think I wanted two or three kids because I grew up in a family. I have two siblings. Okay. So I thought I, I thought we wanted two or three. Michaela was the same, and then. We had Andy, and we're like, one's good. Yeah, yeah. And the timeline, too. We were like, if we have a one and then twins, like, perfect. So yeah. it doesn't lengthen the timeline of twins, having bro. to, yeah. I, I simultaneously, twins. like, empathize with and envy people who have twins. Because you get it all done yeah. in one Short go. In the gap. And it's painful as hell. Like, you got six months, maybe a year, ma- mainly six months of, like, brutal but then it's done. Yeah. It just takes months. out that additional 16, 18, 24 months of having to raise another oh, it's kid. It's six and... months instead of like two years. Yeah, yeah exactly. You don't have to Whole restart the clock. Yeah. Right? Because that's the thing now is like, I Michaela mean, and I talk about having another kid, but it's like, she's six. Do you want to restart that clock yeah. of like to 18 when <laughs> she's on her own, you know? Exactly. Hard, to, hard to decide. For man. sure. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it'd be cool to to talk with your wife or your, sorry, your girlfriend. Um, you guys been together two and a half years? Two and a half years. Sweet. Yeah. How'd you meet? Mutual friends. Oh, so sure. So yeah, we have friends who, it's funny that our friends live in New Jersey. She was living in California at the time. Our friends both know that we both traveled, went to okay. Bali and stuff. So they're like, oh, they both went to Bali. Let's connect them. Yeah. They then sent me her photo where they're like, are you interested? I was like, yeah, for sure. She's beautiful. Send me send me over to her. Let her know that I'm interested. Yeah. Then they get back to me, or the the wife of the friend who I went to high school with, his wife's like, oh, she's interested. And she goes, oh, yeah, by the way, she lives in California. I'm thinking she lived in New Jersey, like we're going to meet the next oh, day. Oh, you're like, I'm oh in Jersey, God. she's in California. I'm like, okay. But then we made it work. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you just do long distance? We did long distance for a bit, yeah. Okay. For, for probably... You, is she in New Jersey now with you? We're back in... We're, we were both in Arizona. Like... We were in Arizona for a bit. We were okay. bi-coastal. We had a place in Arizona, a place in New Jersey. Okay. Um, and now we're figuring it out. Now it's just the Jersey place that we have. So that's where we're figuring out what our next step is. Okay. Sweet, dude. All right, man. So how can people find you if they're like, man, I want to learn about mobile home investing? Where should Instagram, George Wohar 4 Okay. On Instagram, the number four. And then mobilehomesuccess.com slash training is where we have some training things. Hell yeah. That you can go through if you want to learn about mobile homes. But Instagram is where I'm posting a lot of stuff every single day. Send me a DM on Instagram. Sick, dude. Yeah. Sweet. Go check them out. Thanks for coming on, bro. Thanks. Appreciate it. Appreciate you for having me.